How many know we need a Jesus revolution? We need a Jesus revolution in the house. There's a movie that has just been released uh, about two months ago on Jesus Revolution. Has anybody seen this movie yet? Anybody got a chance to see this movie? If you have not seen this movie, I highly, highly recommend you go see the movie Jesus Revolution, which documents the Jesus movement that took place at the very end of the 1960s into the early 70s about this great awakening and revival that took place where millions of people came to give their life to Jesus. And it became one of the last really big moves of Jesus that we've seen in the modern day times. And what had happened was these people who were hippies, who were dressed as hippies, kind of like me this morning, dressed like hippies. And they had, you know, really, really long hair. And man, they, they, they were looking for answers. And as they went to the church for answers, the church said, well, you gotta, you gotta cut your hair first. You gotta change your clothes first. And then you come in. And then they're like, well, we ain't gonna do that, you know? And so they started looking for answers and other things. And God began to move among this hippie generation. And God began to move on some pastor's heart. And in this movie, one particular pastor opened up his church. And the people who didn't like it, they left. And he said, I'll, I'll, I'll minister to these people. And he brought those hippies into his church. They said, but he's messing up, they're messing up the carpet with their dirty feet. They don't wear shoes. Most of them don't wear shoes. They're all like hippies. And so he said, I'll take care of that. And when they showed up, he washed all their feet as they came in. And he welcomed them in. And many of his congregation left. And he said, you can keep the church. I'll take, this, I'll take these people. And took them out and got a tent and began to move. And out of that, they baptized thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It spread around the world. Even Billy Graham got behind it. And he began to talk about it. And it got so big, it became the cover of Time magazine. And it, people were driving around the world to find out about what was going on with this Jesus movement. Such a great awakening. And I, I want you to tell over the history of time, there's been some great revolutions in our time. As we all think about some of the greatest revolutions, we have the American Revolution. It's one that we all study about. We've studied about the French Revolution. We've studied about the Russian Revolution. We've studied about the Industrial Revolution. We've heard about the Jesus Movement. And we've heard about women's movements. And we've heard about all kinds of movements and revelations and revolutions and all these things going on. And I'm here to tell you today on this Easter Sunday, it's time that we see another Jesus Revolution. It's time that we see another Jesus Revolution. Why is that possible? Because there's already been a Jesus revolution. And it happened on Easter Sunday morning. Put yourself in the shoes of Jesus' disciples. Now, on Friday, Jesus was crucified and killed. Now, all the disciples are in hiding. They're all there panicking. Worried, are they going to crucify me now? Are they going to put us to death? Are they coming to look for us? Their, their leader was dead. And up until this time, there had been a lot of different prophets and different people and different leaders claiming to lead the way and know the way. And when they died, the movement died. When they died, their, their followers began to split off and it didn't last after that leader died. So they knew in their mind, they thought this is an end of the movement. This is an end of the movement. They had no despair. Jesus had been crucified. Now they're all looking for hope, and hope has been lost. It's dark. They're hiding. How, how many know Friday was a bad day? 
Saturday was a bad day. But how many know all hope was not lost? Because what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And even though the enemy had a plan thinking he was going to stop the plan of God for coming and saving the world, he didn't know he was playing right into God's hands. That God was ultimately going to use the Lamb of God to give his life, to die on the cross for the sins of the world so that he could resurrect him, showing that he has been fully God. And today I want you to go right to the scripture in Luke 24. Let's read this in 1 through 6. But very early on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone it sat on. His appearance was as lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Can, can you imagine these guys so afraid of what's happening? They pass out. I think they didn't pass out. And I don't think they were faking it. I think they were thinking, man, if this stone is rolled away and Jesus is not here, we're dead men. The king's going to kill us. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I believe he's saying that to you today. Don't be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Look at what it says. He, let's say it together, he is not here. What is he? He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. So I want you to, if you could just begin to think about it. They're all in hiding. They're in despair. Mary, they run to the tomb and Discover that Jesus is not there. He is risen. So if you begin to close your eyes and listen, I believe you can hear the footsteps of the women running to the disciples to give them the news that the stone had been rolled away. Let me tell you a story. You may not believe me. barely believe it myself, but I can't dispute what my soul knows. Peter! John! It's all true. Come see this! Everything he said. The tomb! Every impossible detail. It's empty! It's all true.
There may be days when we deny. I don't know him. When our faith loses its footing. You have me confused. I don't know him. And we stumble along our way. I said I don't know him! forgiven what was once dead has new life what was once old has been made new what was once finite has been made eternal may we remember and follow Way. Three words that changed the world. He has risen. Three words that define the world still to this day. He has risen. You cannot get around these three words. These three words demand a response from your life. These three words demand a response from your faith. He has risen. And if this is true, this changes everything. Everything in our life changes if he really has risen. You ever thought today, and if you study this out, over a third of the world, one in three people believe that God the Father and has a son, his name is Jesus. Over a third of the world believe in God and his son, Jesus. How did that happen? How did this happen? Giving the state, how big did this thing get? Why and how? Given the state of the disciples that are in hiding, They've scattered, they've, they've quit, they've gone back to fishing, they've gone back into hiding. They've no longer carrying the message of Jesus. What happened that this thing grew without an age of social media, without the age of TV, without the age of any help other than word of mouth? How did this thing grow to be such a global impact that it has today? Jesus is dead. His rag tag. Disciples and followers, they're hiding, they're not there. But what changed? What changed that made such a global impact change? Three, three words. He has risen. That's what changed. This is what changed. We got to understand something. These three words put into motion something that's still alive and well today that the risen Savior has rose again from the grave. 
The resurrection, listen, the resurrection of Jesus was the most important, significant event in the history of the world. He has risen. No other thing has had a global impact. No other thing has managed to impact so many people and affect us every day of our life in history. Because he is risen, something had to change. Because he is risen, something had to break. You say, well, pastor, I don't know. There's been a lot of great leaders in the world, and you're right. And every one of those great kings, every one of those great queens, every one of those great presidents, every one of those great leaders and world leaders and dictators, and even the bad ones, all of them had a birthday. And on that birthday, it says something, that they were born so many years after Jesus Christ had came. That he was so significant that everything that is legal is now said to happen based on the time divided based on this man's life. Something had to break. Something had to change. He has risen. We got to understand today that when he has risen took place that it changed the world. Paul wrote about this to the Corinthians church. And he wrote about it, and it was never refuted. It was never refuted by the people who could have refuted it. He wrote it to the people who were alive during this time, and he states it, and it was never refuted. It was never said, no, that's not correct. No, we never had people correcting him. Instead, they were all in agreement, and they passed it on, and they passed it on, and they passed it on, and they talked about it. Why? Well, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 15. Three through eight, Paul said, for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to who? To Peter. And then he appeared to all 12 of the disciples. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most who are still living right now. See, and none of them refuted it. No one came out and refuted this. They all were there. Though some have fallen asleep, a few have died. Most are still living. And then he appeared to who? James. Then he appeared to all the apostles I looked this word apostle up in scripture to find out how many apostles were considered in the time of Jesus' death. And they a low estimate would have been 30 people. A high estimate would have been around 72. So somewhere between 30 and 70 people were considered apostles that Jesus actually appeared to. So last of all, he appeared to who? To me himself. So he's saying, listen, this is something I want you to get. Jesus was raised from the dead. He appeared to Peter, to the 12 disciples, to the apostles, to James, to me, to all the other apostles, all these people, all the 500. He appeared to all these people. If you don't take my word for it, ask any one of them. You know who they are. They would have known a lot of these people. They would have known who these people were. And he says, if you don't believe me, Take their word for it. Ask them and find out. Don't just take my word for it. 
Ask your friends and your family. They know these people. Jesus is crucified. His disciples are hiding. Peter is denying. Think about that. If Jesus rose from the dead, something had to break. Something had to change. All these eyewitnesses. But I think one of the strongest arguments we have in the resurrection is this. Peter, remember when Jesus told him, you'll deny me tonight three times during his crucifixion? I won't do it, Jesus. Yeah, you will, Pete. And he did it. Peter denied him. And not only did he deny him, but man, he denied him very, very, uh, just with a lot of passion. Like, I never knew this guy. And he used a lot of colorful language. And he was very, very much timid. Why? Because he was afraid for his life. He was afraid they were going to arrest him and crucify him along with Jesus. So Pete had a reason to be scared. He had a reason to run for his life. But 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, it says the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. As they went out, then people are asking, what are these people saying? What are they doing? They're speaking in a heavenly language. I don't know what it is. And Peter stands up to all the people there. The same guy, 50 days later, was scared. The same guy, 50 days later, is in hiding. Now he gets up and says, hey, cool it. Let me tell you what's going on. These same people that you're seeing, you guys crucified Jesus. But we saw him resurrect. And this same Jesus you killed and crucified, he was the son of God. And he's alive. And he preached the first New Testament message and three thousand people gave their heart to Jesus right then and there. You say, why is that important? Time out. Think about this. Out of those 3,000 people, the majority of them probably would have been present at the crucifixion. They would have been there saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. And they know at this time that anybody who follows Jesus they're putting their life and their family and their children at risk of being thrown in prison, of being beaten, and even put to death. So for these people to stand up now and say, I will follow Jesus, I believe Jesus was the Son of God, something must have changed. It was the resurrection. Can you imagine this Jesus, you said crucified, resurrects? Something changed. He has risen. Today, something had to break. Study all the other world religions. And based off of all the other world religions, they based off of one thing. One person says, I heard from God. Any witnesses? No. Anybody else see this? No. But I heard from God, and God told me to tell you this. And we have no evidence at all. It's just one person's word telling you they heard from God. But there's nobody, you ever find it funny that nobody else heard this? Nobody else experienced this supernatural thing? And they deceive many people and many people fall for it and follow them. But when that person's dead, they dead. You ever notice none of these other guys, none of the other prophets who claim to be God have ever risen again? None of them are still alive today. None of them are still here. They may have claimed to be God, but they were a false God. They were a false 
prophet. There's only one who claimed to be God, who gave his life for you and I, and who rose again on the third day. He has risen. This changes everything. You better turn my mic up because I'm about to preach this morning to somebody today. This changes everything. See, Christianity is not based off of blind faith. It is based off of faith, but it's not blind faith. There is substantial evidence that points that he has risen. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm telling you right now, something had to happen. To have all his official dates go back and say something happened over 2,000 years ago. Something had to happen. That This ragtag group of disciples and followers who were hiding gave their life willingly. They were also martyred. They were also killed, many of them, for the cause of Jesus. Why? All these people who said crucified now said, I will follow him. Baptize me into the fellowship. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. I believe in Jesus. What changed? He had risen. That's what changed. See, resurrection brings confidence. It brought world change. You can understand this and believe it today with confidence. Well, I don't know. I think it's just a story made up. Listen, if you believe that today, I can't know what to tell you except you are going to open your eyes and see. Something had to break in order for this world to change the way it has. There will not be a third of the world believing some guy who just made something up. Now, if he had died and not resurrected, then none of us would be here today. We'd all be following either a false god or doing what we want. But the fact that he resurrected demands a response. That he was who he said he was. That he was the son of God. The resurrection now validates everything Jesus said to us. When Jesus said, I am the son of God, when he was resurrected, that said, all right, he is the son of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because of the resurrection, we know he is the way, the truth, and the life. What he says in Matthew 7, 13, look what he says here. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. He says the highway to hell is broad. Some of you didn't know, ACDC used the Bible. <laughs> the highway to hell is broad. And this gate is wide for the many who chose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow. The road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So the people who tell you, hey, we did all roads lead to heaven. No, no. Because of the resurrection, we know that's false. If he hadn't risen, then we could say that's true. But because of the resurrection, now we know, no, there's only one man who ever said he would die and be rose again, and he was rose again. Only one man gave his life for me and proved it and was resurrected. Sowing me, he had the power to back up everything he said. He had the power to back up every claim he said, every promise he made to me. And so everything else, listen, this broad which means what? That means today, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you're on a highway to hell. Wow. Because as heaven is real, hell is also real. If what he said was true, then we got to say it's all true. What Jesus said to be true actually happened. When he was resurrected, that means everything he taught us comes to life and is very true. Don't fall for the trap that all roads lead to heaven. They don't. 
Only one way. Jesus is the way. Only one way, and his name is Jesus. Only one way will secure your eternal life. That is Jesus. Only one way. Because of this revolution, there's three things today in closing I want to give you real quickly. And then we're going to close. Three things that forever change your life. Because of the resurrection, we know that our sins now are forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Today you can understand this and believe because of the resurrection, my sins are forgiven, that he took them to the cross. When my kids feel good about me, they come in, Dad, what's up? Dad, can I have this? Dad, can we do this? Dad, is it okay if we, but my kids mess up, they feel guilty, they're like, uh, they avoid me. But when they feel good and secure in my relationship, they're like, what's up, Dad? Dad, can I have 20 bucks? And they know that, like, all right, whatever, you know, well, I love it when my kids feel that way. I don't like it when they try to avoid me because they're worried about our relationship. See, we can be secure. We can boldly, we can boldly, with confidence now, the scripture says. Confidence, we can approach the throne of grace. And number two, we, we get to go to heaven. This is the promise he's made to us. Jesus made this in John eleven twenty five. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection. And he backed that up. He resurrected because I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Today, I want you to know life is short. Eternity is forever, but life is short. Don't get so distracted on this life that you miss out on eternity. Have an eternal mindset. Is my heart ready? These things that I'm worried about are not important. What's important is, is my heart ready? Is my family ready? Is my chill, are my children ready to spend eternity in heaven? Are they ready? That's what's important. And he says he has given us his spirit. He promised he would give us his spirit. In John 16 and 7, he said, it's good that I go away. It's to your advantage. Listen, we have a secret advantage today. How do you do it, Pastor Gene? I have an advantage and you have an advantage. It's called the Holy Spirit. He goes, the helper will not come, but I will, if I depart, I will send it to you. Because of the resurrection, I know he has sent his helper to me. He has sent his spirit to me, and I can have confidence. We do not need, listen to me today, church, we do not need a political revolution. We do not need a gender revolution. We do not need a social revolution. What we need is a Jesus revolution. This is what we need. Only Jesus has the power to change your children. Only Jesus has the power to change your life. Only Jesus has the power to restore. Only Jesus has the power to resurrect. Only Jesus has the power to heal your life. Stand on your feet today and say, God, I thank you for the resurrection power. As you're standing today, just bow your heads as you stand up. Bow your heads where you're at. I don't want anybody looking but me. And today, say, Pastor, on Resurrection Sunday, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. We're not going to do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you. I promise you. 
But don't let this Sunday go by without saying, I am ready. I'm ready to align with the risen Savior. I'm ready for my life to be ready. I want to make sure that I have everything God says about me. I want to give my life to Him. The Bible says, how do I do that? Is put my faith in the finished work of the cross. That I believe that Jesus took the sins of the world to the cross and He died for my sins. That He was God's only Son and He was resurrected on the third day. If that's you today and you're ready to pray that prayer in your heart, just raise your hand where I can see it. See, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, raise them high. That's you today. Resurrection power is helping you. Yeah. Thank you. You want to join these people. Raise your hands. Yeah, I see those hands across the room today. Many people are raising their hands. If that's you, one more time, raise your hand right now. If you haven't raised yet, that's me, Pastor. I want to join them as well. All right, this is what we're going to do. If you raise your hands, I want you to say this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll say it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on now, let's celebrate today. This is an awesome thing.